Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On this episode, I am talking about the third installment on the Magic Mike franchise of films Magic Mike's Last Dance came out this year, 2023, directed by Steven Soderbergh, the director of the very first Magic Mike film. This is written by Reed Carlin, uh, Carolyn, who was the writer of the original, I believe, as well, starring Chatham Tate from the, the titular character Magic Mike himself, as well as Salma Hayek. Uh, this is a movie Mike takes to the stage again following a business deal that went bust, leaving him broke and taking bartender gigs in Florida. Mike heads to London with a wealthy socialite who lures him with an offer he can't refuse. And that's the IMDb plot summary. And even that I have issues with because... Maybe I'm just remembering this wrong. I just watched this movie. Maybe I read the opening thing wrong. But it, it seemed like his business went under because of the pandemic. Uh, not a business deal that went wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and he goes to London having no idea what this business deal is. All he knows is that she's paying him a lot of money. Uh, anyway... Uh, I didn't like this movie at all. And this is a movie that, like, this is the movie, like, this, what this movie is, is what I think people assume the Magic Mike movies are. Like, Magic Mike 1 and 2, if they'd never seen it, they probably, if they didn't have any desire to see it because of their preconceived notions of what they think the movie is... I would imagine they are assuming and they are thinking of a movie that is similar to what this movie is, which this movie I think is garbage. And the Magic Mike movies are movies that I hadn't seen, hadn't really had a desire to, because I had the assumption that they were mostly like what this movie is. But then when I actually watched Magic Mike... And then even Magic Mike XXL. I was completely wrong. I really enjoyed those movies. Specifically Magic Mike 2. Ma XXL. Was so much more fun than I had ever expected a sequel to the first Magic Mike movie to be. And this movie was... I mean, this movie would, would be what you would expect a third movie in a franchise that has no need for a third movie to be. Like, this is a cash grab movie. And the fact that this movie is directed by Steven Soderbergh is an embarrassment. The fact that it is written by the same person that wrote the first two, I think the first two movies. Let me double check. Reed Carlin, Carolyn, uh, produced, no, let's see, what did he write? Writer. 
So he wrote Magic Mike, the first movie, in 2012. He wrote Magic Mike XXL, 2015. He also wrote the screenplay to Dog. Haven't seen. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, and then he Earth made Earth made of glass, which I don't know what that's about. But the fact that this movie was written and directed by the people who and uh, for a lot of reads, people think that Steven Soderbergh had a lot in directing the second movie, um, which I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but I enjoyed the second movie. I enjoyed the first movie. This movie feels like this movie feels like if you were going to do a generic off brand version of like a low budget knockoff version of my magic Mike. That's what this movie would be. It, it's so sad. This movie, it is so sad. This, it just like, I'm going to go into detail of all of the things that make no sense. And that I do not like about this movie, but it is not a good movie. It does not make any sense. Whereas the second film had so much fun. Like it's, it's so ridiculous how much fun Magic Mike XXL is. Right? This movie doesn't have an interesting story. The love interest aspect of it is it's it's baffling. It doesn't feel authentic. Doesn't like I don't buy anything in this. Nothing of this movie makes any sense. It like it, it, it it's so weird. Everything feels like half of an idea. Everything is half of an idea. Nothing actually goes anywhere interesting. I mean, it's it definitely feels like a cash grab. It's like, let's just put a bunch of junk together and let's put the label of Magic Mike on it. The fact that they had the original director, the original writer, and Chatting Tatum, and somehow Selma Hayek in this movie, it's it's baffling how horrible this movie is. Like, this movie would have been just as bad if it was n none of the people involved. It, it's, it's, it's so sad. Where I like the first film, kind of a gritty male strippers in Florida, right? The underbelly, the kind of lifestyle of what that is through the eyes of this, like, newcomer that's learning the ropes from Mike, right? This, who's Mike... Magic Mike is this talented dancer who has dreams of starting his a custom furniture business, right? There's a little bit of a love story in the in the the first movie, a little little crime, little like, you know, like the sex drugs and rock and roll kind of lifestyle of these male strippers. Interesting has the Soderbergh feel vibe to it 100%. Interesting movie. Then the second film is like a road movie, right? It focuses so much more on the friendships of these male dancers as Mike, you know, starting his new business, but they're kind of doing this last tour. They're going to this stripper convention, and on their way, they're kind of meeting people and, and seeing the different types of ways in which people entertain by men entertaining by dancing, whether it's in strip clubs or drag shows or private clubs or the convention like it's showing the it's showing the wider world of male stripping as a whole while also showing the friendship and bond of these guys and showing that they have dreams and aspirations outside as this is kind of the end of their 
this life, this period in their life, and as they're trying to find a way to transition into their their new life, it's it's interesting. And then it's just fun. It's just a fun movie, right? Each of the different characters are a lot of fun. Also has some fun, great dancing, which you I would assume expect in a movie in these movies, right? Very sexy moments. These are male strippers. I mean, whether it's male or female strippers, you would expect sexy dancing. And you got that in the first two movies. This movie has none of that stuff. None of that stuff. I I do want to talk about spoilers, right? This movie is baffling. I want to point out the specifics of things that I have issues with that don't make sense. And uh, so let's do that. Spoilers for Magic Mike, The Last Dance, which I hope it is The Last Dance. Nobody needs to watch this movie. They should have just been done after XXL and just be done with it. There's no reason to have this movie at all. It does nothing to help the the movie at all. And it, I think it's a movie that feels like it is. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than InspireDisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from The Many Faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of The Ray Taylor Show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. Thank you for considering InspireDisorder.com for all of your gift needs. And now, back to the show. So, there's one sexy dance in this movie, right? Where the first Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum, when they first meet, he's bartending this event she's having. She's like, uh, she's like newly divorced or separated, but a lot of money, very wealthy, and she pays him to dance for her because one of her her lawyers or whatever was one of the girls from a college parties that knew Mike, right? So she's like, hire him. He'll take your mind off of the whole thing. And the whole dance, it's like the sexy dance is far more of just, it's far more of just a sex scene where they keep their clothes on. It is like dry humping, sexy dry humping, far more than a sexy dance. And it's, it, it's, it's, it, I, I would say symbolizes what this movie does, right? Instead of doing a sex scene, it is a sex scene where they have clothes on and make it seem like a dance. The dancing in this movie, literally everybody keeps their pants on. And when I say pants, I mean long pants. Like aside from Channing Tatum at the very end who wears like boxer briefs when he's dancing... All of the dudes who are dancing are wearing full-on pants. The sexiest it gets is they take their shirts off, which is mind-blowing that I'm highlighting this as a critique. (laughs) But if you're going to watch a movie about male strippers, 
you're going to expect what you saw in the first two movies. Sexual innuendo, very, you know, thongs and all of these things. Like, it's imagine if this was like the movie Striptease, but like ever, nobody ever got naked, right? It's like, okay, well, you're not really doing a movie. This isn't a movie about stripping. This is just a movie about dancing and like not sex, just dancing. My like the fact that they are in shape guys, and at one point the uh, women are on the the thing and they're kind of dancing with the women, but very not sex uh, as opposed to all the other dancing in the previous films. The love story zero chemistry. I don't buy. I mean, for the majority of the movie, she doesn't want there to be anything between them. He she's hiring him to be a director where he has zero experience directing he's not even she doesn't even want him to dance which is the one thing that he's really good at doing and she's almost like rebecca in ted lasso right she's she's bringing over this american male exotic dancer to direct a play in her former her ex-husband's theater that is a you know posh high class theater and she wants to ruin the reputation of this theater that she is now in charge of just as rebecca wanted to destroy the reputation of afc richmond in ted lasso and she brings over this guy and it's like not even like like the it's just it's just like they're instead of doing a play they're doing choreographed dancing but at no point is it like exotic dancing at all and just choreographed a bunch of dancers which by the way don't know any we don't get to know any of these dancers so the fact that we got to know the actual characters in the previous movies we got to see their personalities see the the differences they brought their different styles we got to know them the only aspect we see of those former dancers is in a Zoom call that Channing Tatum's Mike makes to these his four, four friends. On in the lowest quality Zoom call, you could like it is so embarrassing to see that this is what they chose to do for the movie. They didn't bother just it, it's as if Soderbergh literally just thought hey we should just call the guys and have them on a zoom call so they're just kind of in this movie have them say a line so they'll get paid a little bit and they just thought of that offhand and they had bad wi-fi and they're like just go with it we'll just film the screen instead of just having them even just film something on their laptop and sending the footage in to have it edited it's just like the laziest, lowest quality Zoom call. You would, it is like, to use that quality of Zoom call for any purpose would be embarrassing. For it to be a Steven Soderbergh film is just mind-blowing how low quality it is. Like I said, the rest of the dancing, very unsexy, right? A bunch of new dancers, we know nothing about them. Right. They're wearing pants the whole time, like literally pants. They're not even wearing like not like sweat. They're not like wearing. It's just like they're wearing slacks. They're wearing like dress pants as they're dancing. 
and they take their shirts off. That's the sexy part. Topless men. It, it's, it's baffling. It is so baffling. So part of the story, kind of like Ted Lasso. But everything is halfway. Everything's halfway. She like bails on her whole thing towards the end. The dancing is only partially kind of sexy. There's also an attempt to make this film about like dance, like on a deeper level, like the story. There's voiceover of Salma Hayek's adopted daughter doing this voiceover, kind of telling the history of dance, I guess. But it's like doesn't fit at all. It's like the movie's not about like it doesn't get to the heart of dance or make you think about the the artistic nature of dance in any way. It feels like there's there's everybody in this movie is in a different movie. Like like Selma Hayek is in some like Disney family movie aside from the sexy dance that the dry humping with Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is like trying to be in a Magic Mike movie but like it it but like not like he showed up and they're like put him in the role of somebody else right because he's not even supposed to be dancing you have this girl who's like supposed to be doing this like deep voiceover telling the history there's like the assistant guy that's almost like it's just like everybody's in a different movie in this movie and the the whole thing never fits the the voiceover the trying to like make dance like this deeper artistic thing like they took five different movies and they just blended it all together right and they put the magic Mike brand on it and just like we'll put that out there like it's a it's like a bootleg a bootleg version right like instead of magic it's magical Mike's dance you know instead of magic Mike I don't know script isn't good her asking Mike to dance. And then like in the very beginning when they, she hires him to dance after this party, she hires him to dance and he's clearly setting up to do his dance. And she doesn't know, she doesn't understand what he's doing. It's like, well, what are you doing this thing? Why are you moving that over there for? Just like, it's so baffling the writing of this movie. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from the Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion on news and entertainment and much more there's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories and if that wasn't enough we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics so why wait head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer and now back to the show they also say the name of the movie multiple times. Like the first time is on their flight to England. She says Magic Mike's Last Dance. The announcer that's not Halle Berry is says Magic Mike. I think she says Magic Mike's Last Dance. It's like it's 
it's one thing for a movie to say the movie title in the movie, but it's another thing for them to do it multiple times. And he's being hired to direct this thing while never having shown any ability to do that thing. She doesn't even tell him what she's hiring to, to do. She's just like, I'm going to pay you all this money to spend a month with me in London. And he's like out of work. He needs the money. He's like, maybe I'll have sex with Selma Hayek while I'm in London. She's like, no, I don't even want to do that. So it's like, I don't even know what is he there for. He doesn't know what he's there for. And then he finds out he's going to be a director. But he, she doesn't want him to dance. But then he dances anyway. And gets the closest to being naked in the, the whole thing. While all the other dancers are wearing pants. It, it's just mind-blowing. It, it's, it's almost like Disney, aside from the dry-humping scene with Selma Hayek and, and him at the beginning of this movie, the rest of this movie feels like a Disney production of Magic Mike. It's what you would think, how risque Disney would be with Magic Mike. And then there's the montage of them putting, like, it doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't call his buddies that he's worked with and choreographed stuff with to bring them in to help him out. That would have instantly made this movie way better to see those other characters and to see how they all come together to put this dance troupe together to do this training but even that they're not even really concerned about showing any of that stuff it's just it's baffling the zoom call is horrible the montage of them getting the dancers kind of fun i guess you know seeing where the different places they're getting dancers for and it's like even after they get the dancers like some of them are street dancers some are like break dancers that like different backgrounds of all these dancers and they get them all into the theater and one of the th things Channing Tate Magic Mike asked them is like how many of you are prepared to dance buck naked in front of a room full of women which is a question that never needs to be asked because his the the buck naked means you're going to be shirtless but wearing full pants it's it's just it's the, like he doesn't even know like it just it's just mind-blowing this movie and they only have a month to get everything together like it would have made sense for him to bring his friends in. It's like, okay, if you want me to get this done in a month, let me bring my friends in who have experience that I'm used to working with. But no. Like, he has all these connections in the U.S. and n doesn't use any of those to help get this show together, right? Doesn't bring over the host from the second one, Halle B I think it was Halle Berry's character from the second one. Right, doesn't bring her in to, to host the show, which would make complete sense. She ha he has connections to all of these strippers, a whole industry of adult entertainers in the U.S. that he could call and that have experience doing this instead of pulling people off the street who don't do this style of dance and who aren't prepared to get buck naked, even though they never need to get buck naked. Very overly dramatic stuff mixed with stuff that just makes no sense, right? Everybody's in a different movie, like I said.
And it's supposed to be like, oh, she's going to do this really risque thing, right? She's going to – she's do, it's this one-night-only thing. It's going to ruin the reputation. They have to do – there's this, like, heist moment where they have to convince somebody who works with the government to approve a thing. And they do, like, all this, this like, reconnaissance on her. And they do, there's this bus dance that's, like – it just – it just – nothing makes sense in this movie. Nothing makes sense. And it's like, even the show they put on isn't, like, why did the girl have to go out? They, like, they had to cover her. Why did they have to cover her eyes? She's like, I don't know, a teenager, right? And she she can't see men dancing with their shirts off, so she has to cover her eyes. And then has to leave the room for what? For what? What? Because they're, str- they're doing lap dances, wearing pants the whole time. Like, there's nothing risque about the show that is put on at this posh theater that would ruin the reputation of the theater, that would crack all of these people out of their shells and open them up. Because it's like, oh, you have this, you know, this fiery, this fiery woman who's not from the UK wanting to, like, break all of these, these, like, conservative women in the UK, break them out of their shells and get them, like, you know... get the juices flowing as it were with this sexy show but none of that is like it's this the most unsexy it's the most conservative take it is the disney take on a male strip show right blocking the daughter's eyes makes no sense topless men nobody gets naked nobody even's wearing thongs or g-strings they're all wearing pants and then by the end, I'm supposed to believe that Mike and Selma Hayek's character are like in love, that she would give up all of this money to be with Mike for what? For what reason? Why? Do, it doesn't make any sense why he's in love with her. Makes even less sense that she would be like there's no chemistry between the two of them. It's just wild. It is wild. I didn't care about any of the characters. You don't get to know any of them just just makes just makes no sense doesn't give me any reason to care and you don't even get magic mike dancing to his song pony the song plays but he's not out there dancing which is also like this is a movie made by people it feels like a movie made by people that never saw the first two movies when in fact it's literally written and directed by the people who created the first two movies it is so dumb it just nothing makes any sense I hated this movie, and when I decided to watch the first film, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was kind of expecting it's going to be, you know, dudes stripping, like maybe a story. Was not expecting to end up liking it. Indie, gritty, underworld of male dancing in Florida, you know, mixed with crime, mixed with a little love story. I liked the first movie. Then the second movie, again, wasn't expecting it to be as much fun as it was. Right. You fall in love with all the different dancers as they go on this road trip. It's a fun, funny movie. Right. It also has a little bit of depth. Right. With these men trying to transition their lives into following their dreams after dancing. And this movie is empty. The dancing isn't good or sexy. 
The characters are flat, forgettable characters. You don't get to know any of them anyway. The writing is bad. The story is empty. It's just a sad movie. It is so sad that this movie is even... It's it's sad. But I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of me not liking this movie. Uh, Tuning into the Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on Magic Mike's Last Dance. And I would not recommend watching it. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.